Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. If you are listening to this, it means it is at least March, which for me is so super exciting. Um, Winter is a season of endurance here in West Michigan for me personally. I do not love snow. I do not love being cold. I do not love icy roads. What I do love is the fact that winter is the continual reminder that something a little bit more palatable for me is coming. And so I endure it, but March on the calendar means within a few short weeks here, things will be turning in a pretty significant way. So that definitely excites me. As we get started today, I do want to talk about the idea of preparation and prevention. And I've mentioned this quote before. It's one that I tend to of my life by, it's an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. But one of the things that seems to kind of collectively happen in our culture is we tend to wait until a crisis happens before we begin to move towards wellness, which means we wait until like total breakdown before we say, hey, I should try to get my act together now. Unfortunately, once it gets to that point, sometimes it's just a matter of damage control and we don't actually get to pursue wellness. We just get to pursue something less than what's totally damaging or destructive. But my hope is, as I discuss wellness and I discuss mental health, I want to walk with people towards understanding what it looks like to live life in more of a preventative way. With the idea that crises happen, hard stuff happens, how do we get prepared for them? How do we build protective factors into our life so that we don't have to ride the roller coaster of life unprepared? Because we know that the hard stuff happens. So life can escape us, living well can escape us, if we are continually in a re- active stage. So if the goal is to, when a problem shows up, I'm going to start to address it, what we do is we lose opportunity to try to head off conflict or issues before they actually happen. I think of my mother-in-law when she was diagnosed with cancer. Part of her story was that she was a smoker, which culturally makes sense for the time in which she grew up. But the day she gave up smoking was the day she got her COPD diagnosis. And within about 18 months, she had her cancer diagnosis and then she passed away a short time later. She gave up the vice, but at that point, the doctors had said to us she probably didn't even need to give it up. She shouldn't have had to make that choice because the damage was already too extensive. And I feel like culturally, that's what we often do. And it's it's one of those hard things to understand. Are we actually living life? Are we living life well if we're just reacting to the bad instead of actively seeking out health and healing and wellness? One of the anecdotes that best illustrated this. So I talked about kind of some dental stuff going on. And one of the things I have to have is a tooth abstraction. And then I also have to have another tooth that has some breakdown going on. I have to get a root canal and a crown put in. And so I went to the dentist and I had jaw pain because I had an acute flare up of basically it's like TMJ, but it was an acute flare up where my range of motion for my whole entire mouth was maybe about an inch. And so when I went to the dentist, he said, here's going to be your vial of ibuprofen and it was a 10-day supply and I had to take it four times a day. 
He said, here's the thing. In about two days, you're going to start to feel better. I need you to take it for the full 10 days because you're going to just get rid of symptoms and not treat the cause if you take it for the only the two days. And I love that analogy of how often, as soon as a symptom disappears, we tend to give up on whatever our health journey is because we've taken care of the symptom. But that doesn't actually help with the cause of the problem. It doesn't get us towards health. It just takes us out of the category of disease. And so what was interesting is that night when I was in class, I was teaching abnormal psych and one of my students works in an addictions program and he started talking about what they call the sophomore slump. So they have a 40 week program that someone in addiction recovery is allowed to engage. But they, he said right around week 15, so the freshman segment is 10 weeks, the sophomore segment is 10 weeks, the junior segment is 10 weeks and the senior segment is 10 weeks. He says around week 15, people are like, hey, I'm all better. I'd like to leave now. And a lot of people actually drop out of the program at that point, but it's not because they're better. It's just because their symptoms are managed. And if we continue to live life where just our symptoms are managed, we're going to be on the precipice of really hard things happening. And we're going to be kind of in a act-react cycle. And that's not wellness. We see this all the time with weight where someone has a target number and they do all the right things to get their target number or to get to their target number rather. And when they arrive there, it wasn't about living a healthy lifestyle. It was about that number. So then their weight regresses very quickly because they go back to all the habits and patterns that once upon a time brought them into a season of great distress. A lot of people come to therapy because they're having acute symptoms of something that's incredibly distressing. And unfortunately, when the symptoms fade or the symptoms become less intense, some people decide to leave therapy and not explore what is actually causing the symptoms. Because if we keep treating symptoms for symptom's sake, we keep treating them so we have the absence of disease, it still doesn't mean we have the presence of wellness. And I'm going to go back to, again, that redundancy of an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. If we continue to live in a reactive phase where something bad happens so we address it, we're missing out on experience what true wellness actually is. And so one of the mantras, I read it in, I think it was Dr. Henry Cloud's book, How People Grow. One of the mantras he uses when he's working with people, and I've used it with several clients, and it's actually been a really effective lens. We ask the question, what would a healthy person do if they were in my position? So let's say I'm at a work buffet because we're doing some sort of celebration. And I'm like, oh my word, they always, especially because I am a teacher and our teacher's lounge invariably has kind of junk food, probably three of every five days of the week. That's just what happens. So baked goods and and desserts and which is all so generous of people to contribute. But it's one of those things where over time, if I'm having those inputs again and again and again, there's going to be a cost, right? So I can ask myself every day when there's a new treat in the lounge, I would say, what would a healthy person do today? And I ask that question again and again. When it's payday and I get money dumped into my account, I ask myself, what would be a healthy financial practice? What would a healthy person do with these finances? What might a healthy person be consuming related to social media intake, related to news intake? What might a healthy person engage in as it relates to recreation? We go back to Monday's episode on the importance of recreation. What would a healthy person be doing? And so this is a lens that we can use to ask ourselves again and again, what is the best thing for me to be doing? Well, what would a healthy person do? And you might have to look around for a reference point to see what a healthy person would do. You could do some research. You could kind of figure out kind of from your own reference point, what does it look like to be healthy? And then you show up again and again as though you are a healthy person. And over time, you do become that healthy person. So then it's not about symptom management. It's about 
positive influences, positive things that you can be doing that are inputs that walk you towards health instead of just take you out of the throes of sickness or of symptoms. One of the key questions we can ask too, how might a healthy person respond in conflict? How might a healthy person engage in relationships? When something shows up in a marriage that's distressing, unfortunately, symptom management is one of the first things that spouses engage. What can I do for long enough to get my spouse off my back? So let's say I'm not participating in family meals and the spouse is nagging about it or the spouse is voicing a concern about it. And so for the next couple of days, I show up and then spouse stops complaining and then I gradually fade out again. Or let's say I'm not showing up at the kid's bedtime. I'm kind of out in the garage hiding or I'm down in the TV room watching TV instead of engaging with my kids. And the spouse says that that's a problem. And so I show up a few times. I get the symptoms, aka the nagging or the frustration to calm down. And then I go back to the habits again because it's not about being well. It's about avoiding the symptoms. And if that is the posture that we engage, we are literally missing out on living life well. We're missing out on showing up well for ourselves. We're missing out on showing up well for people who depend on us. And we're not actually engaging life in a healthful way. The cool thing is once we find something that actually is helpful, so once we find an eating pattern that's really helpful, not restrictive, something that's long-term sustainable, something that prioritizes health, once we find movement that's helpful and healthful, once we find relationships that are healthy and helpful, once we find recreation that's healthy and helpful, once we find financial financial practices that are healthy and helpful. If we continue engaging that behavior, we are a healthy and healthful person. And it is something that has long-term benefits in our lives if we continue to do the inputs that guide us and walk us towards health in the first place. If you do something just for the sake of symptom management and then you revert back to old behaviors, what you're inviting in is this repetitive need to go in and take care of symptoms again and again and again. And that is not health. That is the absence of disease until the disease shows back up, unfortunately. And what I want collectively to happen for us as a culture, as in our micro communities and in our macro communities, in our own personal lives, I want us to figure out what healthy looks like and keep repeating that behavior again and again, even if we're already well. Because longevity is going to depend on how much we practice repeated healthy behaviors again and again. And of course, we can't promise any outcomes. We can't guarantee that bad stuff's not going to happen. But we do engage protective factors. We do engage anxiety reduction just by living as well and as healthfully as possible. That doesn't mean rigid. That doesn't mean the absence of fun. But when we find something that works, why do we take our foot off the gas when the symptoms reduce? When we find an eating style that's healthy for us, why do we regress the moment we reach a certain number? When I stop having pain in my tooth, why do I stop taking the the very thing that helped eliminate the pain, when if I continue to take it, I'm going to experience actual wellness instead of just the absence of pain. I want to encourage you to think about that this week. What are you doing that you can long-term do that continues to walk you towards health instead of just getting you to the point where you no longer experience distress or discomfort? Engage the process of intentional wellness. Engage the process of intentionally inviting in positive inputs into your life. And again, I'm going to end with an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. If you take care of things before they become a problem, then they're not going to become that problem. And that's what I want for me. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want your children to see. I want your children to see you living well and fighting for health and engaging wellness for your benefit and so that they know how to do it too. Thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. 
Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.